Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Evan. And welcome to Podstetrics. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Podstetrics. Welcome. So today we're going to be talking about the booking visits and just really different scans and different tests that we can do over the antenatal course of your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But before we start, let's first start (laughs) with, with a medical disclaimer. Yeah, so we are not medical professionals and this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. If you do have any queries or concerns, please see your healthcare provider. So the first thing we're going to discuss is the first trimester of pregnancy. So the first thing that we do is a 10-week booking visit. Mm -hmm. And during this visit, we do a number of different things. The first thing that we do is a history. So the history can be separated into a number of different factors or different segments or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But the first thing that we do is a medical history. So this is a history of any past medical complications, surgeries, etc., whether they're obstetrics or obstetric or gynae or not. So we count things like past miscarriages or recurrent miscarriages, um, any previous preterm delivery, uh, preeclampsia that may have been experienced in your last pregnancy if this isn't your first baby, uh, any previous congenital abnormalities, um, a baby that was too big or macrosomic or too small, or known as a fetal growth restriction, uh, any unexplained stillbirth, um, as well as note any previous methods of delivery. So you guys would have heard of the VBAC by now, I'm assuming. Um, we also take note of any psychological past history or concurrent history, I guess. So mental health unrelated to pregnancy or psychiatric disorders, which are just generally noted. And of course, we want to look at allergies. Mm-hmm. If you've got any allergies, they're, they're, they're noted down as well. <laughs> okay, so moving on from this, then we go to take a family history. And really in the family history, we're looking for any significant illnesses. And that's really from the maternal or the paternal side. Yeah. Um, so from both sides there. And that's really to look for any any diseases or any conditions which can be passed on through the family. Yeah. An, example of, an example of this is something like diabetes. So diabetes can be genetically linked. And so this is something that we definitely want to screen for early mm-hmm. um, and target early and therefore manage in pregnancy. Another condition that we'll be looking for in families is renal disease. Mm-hmm. And often things like renal disease and heart disease can be exacerbated in pregnancy just because the, the, the female's body is just put through so much stress during this time. And generally, if you remember back to our first physiology of pregnancy episode, yeah, like our first, the first very episode, first one, yeah. but the cardiac output is increased and also the EGFR, which is the filtration of the kidney, is also increased. So if we have any problems with these two organs, they're put under immense stress during this period of time. Uh, other things that we're looking for as well are any blood clotting disorders, uh, so your thrombophilias. Um, and this is really because pregnancy, again, is what we call a hypercoagulable state, uh, which means that uh, mums are at increased risk of clotting. Uh, and so we really want to filter this out early again because uh, given that mum is already at a higher risk, the last thing that we want to do is her have a known clotting disorder and then already be at an increased risk of clotting. Um, and then I guess there are other diseases as well, things like connective tissue disorders like uh, lupus, which again can be made... Um, well, lupus is kind of a weird one, so it's an autoimmune mm-hmm. disease and often in pregnancy autoimmune diseases are actually... Are better off so yeah. women that have things like rheumatoid arthritis will find during their pregnancy often there's reduced symptoms. inflammation yeah, yeah. And reduced symptoms um, and that's really because in pregnancy we don't want there to be um, an increased amount of antibodies in the blood so I'm um, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm giggling because I'm just thinking of how pediatrics like how it was in its infancy <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> baby puts it tr- anyway anyway let's keep going <laughs> sorry um so we also want to take a social history from um both mum and partner so the one of the things that we we discuss uh the relationship with partners any social support that may be surrounding mum if she has any and um i guess the presence or absence of family <clears throat> domestic violence is an example of this and um, really because of this, it is recommended that women are seen during their pregnancy at least at one time on their own without their partner present to really gauge what's going on if anything is happening. Um, we also note down a history of smoking, alcohol consumption, as well as drug use. Um, we discuss things such as like income with mum as well, as well as um, housing and home life. So, for example, if mum's living in an apartment block with um, lots of stairs and no access to a lift, um, that could be potentially um, dangerous. And uh, that, as she progresses along her pregnancy, it's not exactly um, convenient or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, we also like to discuss things like women's, uh, where the woman works and how long she's planning to work during her pregnancy. So just trying to establish where mum's at in her life, um, if she is going to be okay or if she's going to struggle and whether it is necessary to bring in um, further allied health to support her during this time. Mm-hmm. We also perform an exam. So during this examination, we look at things like height, weight and BMI of mum. So basically determining any risk for things like gestational diabetes, as well as an increased risk of things like hypertension and hypertensive disorders during pregnancy. So we do things like take that, take the blood pressure, take heart rate, do thyroid testing. Uh, we also like to look at the cardiovascular system, assess respiration, and then do our general abdominal exam. So obviously at 10 weeks, <laughs> mum's quite small, baby's quite small. Um, but the abdominal, abdominal uh, blah, I can't say it, abdominal exam is something that we have cro- covered before. But as a refresher, we like to do things like examine the general look of the abdomen, palpate to determine the lie of baby, um, as well as determine things like fundal height, which gives us a good indication of um, how baby is growing and size of baby. But again, this is this is usually not done on the first booking visit. Cool. Uh, and then just finishing off the uh, exam as well, we often look at the legs. So we're looking at things like edema, which is swelling. Um, and this can be common in women with preeclampsia. Yep. And then we often look for signs of DVT, and this is often a tender calf or, or red legs. And this is because, again, uh, pregnancy is a hypercoagulable state, um, and so DVTs may occur, which may lead then to a PE or a pulmonary embolism. Yep. So moving on now to our investigations, we'll start off with just some screening. So the first most important thing that we do is the blood group and antibody. And this really tells us what what blood group mum is, but also whether she's rhesus, rhesus positive or rhesus negative. Um, and we'll probably go through that in another episode because it's quite complicated. Very complicated. Yeah. I still don't understand it. <laughs> it I, I always study it for my exams and then I end up forgetting it just because there's so many yeah. kind of different things that happen. I just remember um, anti-D, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then look at haemoglobin and this is really to look for um, anemia. Um, and this is because, again, in pregnancy, uh, commonly hematocrit is changed. Um, so women often um, in the first trimester of pregnancy um, undergo almost a dilutional anemia, um, which basically means that there's a greater plasma volume for the same number of red blood cells. Um, and so this can often contribute to tiredness. Um, and then we also do a random uh, blood glucose, and this is to screen for things like diabetes. Mm-hmm. So the general tests we do now are the FBE, which is the full blood exam, which apart from looking at the hemoglobin also looks for things like uh, infection and clotting. Yeah. Um, but also it can give us um, an idea of what the red blood cells look like. So in diseases like thalassemia, 
um, and things like that. We can pick that up by the morphology of the cells or how they look. Um, we look for a quantitative beta HCG, and this should be increasing during pregnancy. Um, and this just lets us know that the pregnancy is proceeding normally. Um, we do iron function testing, and this is often because well, females are already at risk for having low iron. Um, but during pregnancy, this can again be affected, and we want to address this quickly, uh, just because of the symptoms women may feel yeah. because of low iron isn't that nice. Um, and then thyroid function testing as well, because often the thyroid... Um, and play havoc during pregnancy and <laughs> something like hypothyroidism in a woman can lead to congenital hypothyroidism then in baby, in baby and yeah. there are a number of ways that pre presents but it's it's not good yeah um, so we also look good. at infection Kayla do you want to talk a bit about infection okay so with infection we look for signs of things like um, rubella so again um, if you do want more information on different infections that um, can occur during pregnancy please uh, seek out our last uh, it was actually a couple episodes ago. Yeah, the ago torch now. infection with torch uh, infections. Chris. Yeah. Um, so have a have a little listen to that episode. I was gonna have I was gonna say have a look at that episode, and then I remembered we're a podcast. Um, have a listen to that episode for more information. But we do screen for things like rubella, syphilis, HPV, VZV, which is a varicella varicella zoster virus, um, HIV, and as well do a MSU for bacteria. Mm -hmm. Bacteria. I can never say that. Mm -hmm. um, other tests that we do that we do do <laughs> are our aneuploidy screening and our dating ultrasound. So our aneuploidy screens are something that we're going to discuss in our next episode because um, it is quite content heavy and quite dense. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll leave that one for a little bit. So our first tri trimester screening usually occurs between nine to 13 plus six weeks. Um, and again, that's something that we'll discuss a little bit later. And during this time, the, the one thing that we also do do is a dating scan. And this dating scan basically tells us when baby is due, the estimated due date of baby. And we do this by determining the date of the last menstrual period and then add 250 days. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one thing I wanted to add as well. And this is one thing that I definitely found confusing when I was doing my obstetrics rotation and some women might find this confusing when reading their pamphlets and that's the often the plus six and the plus four that we add to a lot of the scans so all that means is the number of days so for example 13 plus six weeks just means 13 weeks and six days yeah and the only reason that is is because when they've done the randomized control trials or all the studies um, there wasn't a benefit at 14 weeks but there was a benefit before 14 weeks yeah and so that's why they list it like that yeah Beautiful. So now we'll move on. So we finished our first trimester. Let's move on to our second trimester. <clears throat> so our second trimester can, again, be split up a little bit. So we've got between 14 to 20 weeks. We do things that are kind of optional. Like it's not it's not really mandatory, but it is kind of recommended. So we do our second trimester quadruple tests. We do our diagnostic screening or testing. And we also do our amniocentesis at 15 plus five weeks. So... Then we look on to our 18 to 20 week scans. And this is when we perform our morphology scan. So again, you can look at our, listen, again, look, <laughs> listen to our previous episode on fetal surveillance where um, we kind of discuss what we're looking for in our morphology scanning. But it's just really to see development of baby, how baby's developing and the size and location of things like the placenta, again, which was spoken about last week. Lastly, between 26 to 28 weeks, we perform the oral glucose tolerance test. And here we're testing for gestational diabetes. And this, again, is something that we're going to dedicate a whole episode to because mm -hmm. it is quite dense and it is very, very important. Mm -hmm. And we should also stress, so with the 14 to 20 weeks, with the second trimester quadruple test, you wouldn't actually do this test at all if you've already done the first trimester 
screening test. Yeah. And so this is more for women that either don't want to do the first trimester screening test or are hesitant and then decide later, then they would do this test. Yeah. The second trimester quadruple test is not as sensitive or specific, so it's not as good as the first trimester test, but we'll go through all of this in our next episode. Yeah. So now going on to the third trimester. So at 28 to 32 weeks, uh, we give the pertussis vaccine. Um, and this is a condition that can easily affect um, women during pregnancy um, and can lead to often the death of the baby. So that's why it's a really important vaccine and it's given to both mum and partner. Um, next now we talk about something called rhesus alloimmunization, um, which we'll cover in another episode. But basically it just means that if the woman is rhesus negative, we give her something called anti-D, and we'll explain this in another episode. Um, and anti-D is an injection. So here we're also looking at general growth of baby, amniotic fluid levels, and the position of the placenta. And then at 39 weeks, we'll give the second dose of anti-D via an injection. Um, then at 36 to 37 weeks, we do something called um, a GBS swab. Kayla, did you want to go through that one? Yeah, so GBS basically stands for... <clears throat> GBS stands for <laughs> gram negative back. Uh, so is um, uh, so GBS stands for um our group B streptococci, and basically our group B strep is a gram negative bacterium, and it's often carried within the GI tract and lower genital tract, and is completely asymptomatic in adults. So while it is harmless in adults, it can be very dangerous in newborns or adults with chronic conditions. Um. So GBS can be something that can be passed on to baby during birth. And the way that we treat this if mum is positive for GBS, so she is colonized with GBS, uh, is with um, intravenous antibiotics during labor. And this reduces the risk of transmission to baby if baby's being born vaginally. So after this, women are advised to remain in hospital for a period of 24 hours. And that's really, again, to monitor for signs of infection in baby um, if antibiotics weren't enough. Mm -hmm. And the group B strep, um swab is actually really interesting because in america it's not done routinely and that's because group b strep sepsis which is what we're worried about so the early neonatal sepsis is extremely rare yeah but the mortality rates are extremely high yeah and so you often have to screen you know many many women in order to save one life yeah but here we consider that i guess appropriate necessary, and really yeah. necessary but it's just interesting to see in some countries that it's not. They're just not considered, yeah. yeah. I wonder why we do it in Australia and not like they don't do it in the US. Not sure. Because you'd assume that it's quite an inexpensive screening tool mm -hmm. as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, they just don't do it. Just from my little micro experience, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> Pop it on a plate, <laughs> let it grow. <laughs> anyway, so that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. Um, so again, our next episode is going to cover the aneuploidy screening. So have a look at that if you did enjoy this episode. Um, so as always, you can search us on Google, type in Podstetrics. All the links will come up for everything, but you can find us on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and CastBox. Mm -hmm. And our social media, we have our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Yes. And as always, please do um, like us and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find us. Yes. So again, I'm Kayla. And I'm Evan. Stay safe, guys. And take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.